630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans, and welcome to this week's edition of the Elks This Week, a pretty exciting edition because it was a pretty important week in the offseason of the Canadian Football League because it was free agency week. We had the window of negotiation time, otherwise known as the legal tampering period, last week, and then on Tuesday of this past week, uh, teams were allowed to start signing players uh, to contracts. I'm joined by uh, color analyst from Elks Podcast, Dave Campbell. Uh, Dave, uh, it's always a fun day for agency day, isn't it? Uh, It is, absolutely. And I think the negotiation window has made free agency. um, You know, I think think the speculation the league loves, and it's a little anticlimactic maybe on uh, free agency day when when everything opens up but i, I do think there was uh, some re-energizing of ex- excitement when you know you see your your team's uh twitter account announce uh, a move like a eugene lewis and a kyron moore and stephen dunbar so yeah i think on tuesday it was a, a very exciting day for uh, elks fans and cfl fans I agree with you 100% about uh, the anticlimactic day on Tuesday because uh, it was like, oh, yeah, we knew that, we knew that, we knew that, we knew that. Uh, I guess the excitement came the week before when word kind of broke and leaked out that teams were signing guys. Uh, Good day for the Elks, though. Uh, Not as busy as it was last year. They signed 10 10 guys on uh, day one of free agency last year. Five guys, but five kind of impactful guys, especially in the receiving court. Clearly, uh, I think through – uh, signing Lucius Purifoy earlier this offseason when he was released, Aaron Grimes coming back and bringing back uh, bringing back Ed Ginney. The Elks have kind of reworked their defensive backfield. Uh, in free agency this week, they reworked their receiving core. Yeah, and they had to. And, you know, Dylan Mitchell was signed shortly after the offseason, and that's a huge signing, obviously, because he seems to be a, a receiver on the rise. Um, but you needed some support. And uh, if you want support, let's go sign the – Eastern nominee uh, for most outstanding player in 2022 and uh, receiver Eugene Lewis, who uh, 1,300 yards, third in the league in receiving 10 touchdowns. That was third in the league, 91 receptions. That's amazing. And and what is so good about Eugene Lewis, and you look last year with his work with Trevor Harris, is he just works. He works really hard. He's a consistent performer, a consistent producer. And uh, he's not the fastest in the world. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Fred Stamps where he's not the fastest he's not a blazer but he's just so darn smart and he can break down a a, a defender and he can find all areas of the field and then you look at Stephen Dunbar thousand yard receiver who has a body type a lot like Kenny Lawler and uh, I think he's a, someone that can be a deep threat uh, for this team and then you get Kyron Moore who's going to be their primary returner and uh, he's going to be in the offense as well and you know, he's 5'10", and that's not a Chris Jones body type, but uh, if you're skilled and versatile and, and and can really be multiple, Kyron Moore is, and he knows Stephen McAdoo's offense because uh, in 2019 he was four yards shy of a 1,000-yard season uh, under Stephen McAdoo in Saskatchewan. And Moore's a guy that Chris Jones found. He found him in one of his free agent camps and brought him to Saskatchewan uh, back in 2018. So they've uh, obviously, they know each other very well. And we see that with a couple of guys that he's signed uh, with Kyron Moore, also with Kevin Francis, who uh, he turned from a receiver uh, to a linebacker in Saskatchewan. And he's turned out to be one of the best special teams players in the CFL. And uh, Josiah St. John, whom, 
Jones drafted with the first overall pick uh, when he went to Saskatchewan in 2016. And uh, that kind of that uh, announcement yesterday, uh, Tuesday kind of plays a key role in the five American receivers that seem to they have to line up because he hinted on Tuesday that uh, St. John could become a tackle and play at that spot. So that would be maybe the extra Canadian that could allow them to play five American receivers. Yeah, definitely looking for possible flexibility on that O-line because last year they had two American tackles and Martez Ivy and Andrew Garnett. So is there a possibility that they can flip ratio at one of the tackle spots and go with four Canadians and that might allow, you know, five receivers uh, that are American, you know, and we'll see how that happens. But, uh, you know, there's going to be competition on the O-line. I mean, I don't think it's set in stone that Josiah St. John is going to get a spot. I think there's going to be competition with the Americans, with Americans for that spot with Canadians. Um, another name I'll throw is uh, Samuel Tomasin, who was signed uh, in early December, six foot six uh, tackle out of uh, the football factory of the Laval Rouge Or. And, you know, you still have some uh, competition inside with, uh, you know, Jesse Gibbon traded for uh, David Beard last year, you know, and you got Thomas Jack Cardilla. But when you look at the, the tackles, yeah, I mean, to me, I'm like, okay, there's going to be competition for a tackle spot for a Canadian to legitimately grab one if they have a good camp, and uh, that might really be flexible for their roster. And, you know, will they play a Canadian in the receiving core? Uh, that remains to be seen. You know, I, I would say they have three good candidates in Gavin Cobb and Danny Vandervoorten and uh, Vincent forbes Monblo. Uh, but you know what? A, a, a fourth Canadian on your O-line could add a lot of flexibility for the for for the offense. Already shaping up to be a very competitive training camp, albeit three or four months away from now, but still going to be uh, very competitive. Uh, looks like the roster is kind of set. Uh, Chris Jones said this week he's going to have some more street free agents, as he calls them, which is obviously guys who haven't played in the CFL before. Uh, but it didn't sound like he was going to sign any more uh, 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 free agents with a CFL pedigree. And it sounds like Dave, he's got to make some moves with his own roster to get everybody in under the cap right now. Yeah, and we've kind of seen that already with uh, there's several players that have restructured their contracts. Uh, defensive back Aaron Grimes, uh, receiver Danny Vandervoort, uh, kicker Sergio Castillo, and they did cut uh, earlier this week, and it was a, a shocking move, but running back Ante Milanovic Litre was, was let go as well. So we're seeing the roster shuffling, and you know, as as uh, Chris Jones said on Tuesday, we have to manage the cap and be responsible. So um, the transaction wire will be very interesting to look at over the next, uh, you know, three months. Free agency, a pretty good start for the Elks on day one this week with the signing of five players. Uh, it was Eugene Lewis, along with uh, Stephen Dunbar, Kyron Moore, uh, uh, Kevin Francis and uh, Josiah St. John. Uh Around the league, the Elks did well. Around the league, though, uh, and get you, your thoughts on this quickly, Dave. I think Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Ottawa are the other teams that fared pretty well in free agency. Hamilton's really going for it now that they've got Bowley by Mitchell. Yeah, I, I think so. And the fact that they got their best receiver, Tim White, back in the fold is important as well. So um, I, I think they've done, done some good things. James Butler for two years is uh, is solid at the running back spot. They just got to call more run plays. That's the only thing with Hamilton. Uh, Saskatchewan, you know, I think it was a rally day for them. And I, I think they did fairly well. I mean, Trevor Harris is, uh, you know, that is, that is a pretty good addition uh, if you're going to lose Cody Fajardo. And I think the key for them is they, they got a couple of old linemen in, in Peter Godber and uh, also Philip Blake. So that's important because they gave up 77 sacks last year. And uh, the other team you mentioned was uh, 
Uh, oh, well, you know, I'm going to throw a team in there as well. You said Montreal, I believe. They had kind of a rally day, I thought. So they're, they're, they're trying to tread water uh, because it's been tough for them. The Argos, out of Toronto, Morley, look like they're loading up for another run. They look they look fantastic. They, they might be. It's hard to anoint them the best team in the league, but they could be. Because we always say the East is going to be weak this year. The Argos? Now, we don't know about the quarterback. Is it McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Mm-hmm. Is it Chad Kelly? Is it Dane Evans? But they're 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 kind of when you talk about the big three, the Argos are threatening to be one of those big three in twenty three. All right, uh, more from Dave Campbell coming up on the Elks this week. Just a reminder, a program note, no show next week because of Oilers Hockey here on 6.30, Chid, but we will be back on the 4th of March with our next show. Uh, coming up next on the Elks this week, it's Gino Lewis. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 6.30, Chad. Welcome back to the Elks this week here on 630 Chad. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott taking you through this uh, post-free agency edition of the show. And, uh, in fact, Morley's just going to uh, head on out here. He's going to enjoy a few days off. And uh, thanks for your help, buddy. Talk to you in a few days. A lot of fun talking about a busy day one for the Elks. They did uh, stay a little bit active after uh, day one of free agency. On Wednesday, they made a trade. Jesse Gibbon, Canadian offensive lineman, former second overall pick of the Hamilton. And Tiger Cats in the 2019 CFL draft. He's traded to the Montreal Alouettes for a second round pick in 2024. Now, the 2023 draft, and the Elks did draft a lot of uh, uh, picks uh, for that draft, which is considered deep. Uh, 24 is considered an even deeper draft. For uh, Jesse Gibbon, he was traded here uh, from the Hamilton Tiger Cats in early September for David Beard, who uh, went to Hamilton and now is their starting center. Uh, Gibbon, no longer a member of the Edmonton Elks. The uh, Elks uh, dip into the free agent market outside of the league and signed receiver Sammy Coates, who had four seasons in the NFL and played uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans, had his best year in 2016 as a member of the Steelers, 452 yards passing and a couple of touchdowns. And the uh, Elks uh, bring in another receiver. So we'll see what happens there once training camp rolls around in May. On uh, Thursday, the Elks, they uh, dipped into the free agent market, signing kicker Michael Domagala. The Canadian spent the last two seasons with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Domagala likely coming in to compete for the open punter spot, uh, left vacant by the retired John Ryan. And Domagala, pretty good. Uh, 44.6 yard average last season for the Tiger Cats and 38.6 yards net. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty uh, good numbers uh, for Domagala. Career field goal or last year's field goal percentage, uh, not great. But again, Sergio Castillo. Steele is here. He'll handle that that department as far as the field goal kicking is concerned. But Domagala, 75% success rate on his field goals. And Toby Antigua coming back as well. Elks linebacker who also uh, played on uh, a little defensive end, a little safety, only played 12 games, 12 defensive tackles, six uh, special teams tackles, one pass knockdown, one forced fumble. A bit of a tough year for Antigua in some respects. Uh, he was injured as well, but uh, Chris Jones will have a he's, he has a lot of faith in him. He'll be able to come in and contribute on defense and on special teams. And the Elks sending a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, you remember the name Vinny Testaverde from the NFL? Well, Vinny Testaverde Jr. signed by the Elks and also another uh, quarterback signed, Felix Hart. 
Harper, as uh, he was from Alcorn State, named an All-Southwestern Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Year in 2019. 33 touchdowns that season. He rushed for six touchdowns on the ground. But we go back to day one and focus on the hall for the Elks, especially Eugene Lewis, the Eastern nominee for most outstanding player for the Montreal Alouettes, over 1,300 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns, 91 receptions. That was second in the CFL. Chris Jones knows the talent and the ability, also likes the fact that Eugene Lewis is going to come in and provide a leadership role. He and I had a lot of conversations as soon as the window opened. I, I actually called him. I was walking in church, uh, you know, and and he and I spoke for about 15, 20 minutes. And, and we talked about exactly what what we need him to bring to our football team um, and and the things that we're going to need. Uh, we've still got some a lot of young players and, and we need some direction. And and so we went out and, and that's who we were trying to bring in as some guys with some uh, a little bit of game behind their behind their name. And on Tuesday night, Lewis joined Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat Inside Sports about becoming a member of the Elks and what sold him on Edmonton and the organization? Um, I think at the end of the day, it was just about how they made me feel. Um, they really, really made me feel appreciated. Uh, I could just tell, you know, how much they, they really wanted me. And, you know, just just the appreciation they had for my game um, um, was awesome. Um, I also was going through some things this week with my family. Um, you know, I, I had a death in my family this week, and they were, uh, they were really, really very helpful with me uh, when I was going going through all that. Um, they were very patient with me, you know, and during that time, you know, that's a big time, you know, for just the team to do things and, and you know, for them to have the patience with me and, and just tell me, hey, take care of what you got to take care of and we'll figure everything else out. Um, uh, that, that really did touch my heart and I appreciated it. Well, thanks for sharing that and our condolences to you and your family for your loss mm-hmm. and, and thanks for uh, taking the time to do this as, as you move through that. Absolutely. You know, um, Chris Jones is your head coach. He's made a reputation over the last couple of decades in this league trying to stop guys like you. So is it nice that you're going to be on the same sideline as Chris? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, the one thing I would definitely say about Coach Jones is, man, uh, he's he's from 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 what I've you know talking to him and just just my relationship so far with him, uh, he's been great, man. Um, I love his energy. I think he's enthusiastic. He loves the game so much that, you know, he's he's emotional sometimes. And I think people that love the game, sometimes it can get like that. But uh he just I just think he wants the best out of his players, man. And and sometimes you gotta you gotta try you gotta push guys to the next level. And uh, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for us. The Alouettes are going through a tough time with ownership. Obviously the CFL made an announcement today. Did that factor in your decision at all, or just as a CFL player, is that is that tough to see a franchise go through that? Yeah, absolutely. First off, man, I I, I hate to see the Montreal Alouettes go through that, and I've actually been through that before in 2019. So I kind of already I already knew the feeling of it. I kind of know how it, it it was. So I didn't really want to go through that again, you know. Um, and the part of my career that I'm at right now, I just want to just kind of want to play football and you know not worry about certain things that you know a player really shouldn't have to worry about. And uh, you know, I just I just want to go out here and just help my team and help the guys around me the best that I can. I want to help these young guys get better, and I'm trying to win a great cup. Um, and I just want I just wanted uh, the least amount of distractions as possible. 
Okay. Now, your quarterback is is Taylor Cornelius. Uh, yes. you know, and hey, the Elks are coming off a couple of tough seasons, but obviously I think Cornelius is showing some uh, some potential. I thought he really showed a lot of toughness uh, last year. What do you think about the guy who's going to be getting you the ball? I like him, man. He got a lot of potential. Uh, I've been saying that even, you know, playing him last year, like he got a strong arm. You know, he's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, so he's going to see over the line. Um, you know, he can make basically all the throws. Um, I think he just needed a little help, a little more help. And I think, you know, with the receiving core that we got now, um, he's not going to have to be pencil perfect on the throws. He's just going to have to put it in the area for for the guys that we have on this team now, and we're going to make plays for him. So at the end of the day, man, we just want to try to make the game easier for him, uh, try to make him comfortable and, uh, you know, get him paid too. So that's 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 the whole goal at the end. You know, you had, uh, I, I believe last year you led the league in re- not just receptions but targets, and, and you were way above the second guy in both categories. Um, you know, Tell me about that workload. I mean, I assume you love it. You love getting the ball, but uh, mm-hmm. they were looking to you a lot the last year in Montreal. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, personally, uh, I feel like I was just always built for that. Um, I, I'm a person that, you know, try. To, I want to take care of my body the best way that I can. Uh, I want to make as many plays as I possibly can. And um, like I said, whatever whatever is asked of me from my team, you know, that's always what I'm trying to do. And I'm a competitor. So, you know, for me, a lot of people don't realize, you know, being a receiver, you think that you get a lot of targets in games, but like some sometimes you can go get more than others in games and sometimes you're not. So for me, it's all about just taking advantage of the opportunities that come your way while they come because you never know when it's going to come again. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, I'm ready for the workload. I think I think the, the the more guys you have at receiver um, uh, to guard, I think it's more difficult, you know, for defenses to zone in on one guy. So I think for the receiving core, we just help each other. Uh, the sky's limit for all of us. New Edmonton Elks receiver Eugene Lewis joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Eugene, I always like to get to know players in terms of their path to pro football because there's so many yeah. great stories there. Sure. When did you start playing and, and who got you into the sport? Uh, I started playing when I was seven years old. Um, my mother, uh, she put me in Little League football, but I always had a love for sports, though. My dad um, played professional basketball. My sister played professional basketball. My um, my aunt, uh, she was an all-time leading uh, assist uh, uh, for women's basketball at Pitt University. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people in my family play sports, so I um, always grew up competitive. Um, I just, my mom just always, she wanted me to stay into the sport. So, you know, I wouldn't get in trouble so I could just stay out the way. So I would stay busy. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it then. And I used to play with my best friend, Rashid Johnson. Um, he's now a professional boxer. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just had fun and playing as a kid and we, and, and we just grew a love for the game. And, um, after that, I just knew that it was something that I, I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Were you always a receiver? Um, so, so. No, I wasn't always a receiver. I always knew I was going to be a receiver, though. I did know that. Um, I always knew that I could jump high. I knew I had really good ball skills. And a lot of that actually came from basketball. Um, you know, I played a lot of basketball in high school. I had scholarships to go for basketball and stuff like that. But I just loved hitting people. Like, I was a really good safety uh, when I was in high school, when I was in uh, when I was younger. Um, and... Uh, it just kind of it just kept, it just kept growing for me as time went on. Um, um, you know the game, and I played quarterback my junior and senior year of high school. Uh, I was one of four players in Pennsylvania to throw for a thousand and rush for a thousand two years back to back. Um, so with that, I always took the quarterback thing serious. Like you know when we're 
when when I'm in practice and stuff like that, I go through the quarterback's reads. I do his drop steps because I want to know how he's feeling while I'm running my routes. I always thought that was a big thing. So, um, yeah, just just coming up, man. I, I always loved the game, and and uh, I'm just glad I'm still able to continue playing. That is New Elks receiver Eugene Lewis joining Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Jed inside sports after a busy day one for the Elks who signed. Uh, Along with Lewis, receivers Stephen Dunbar and Kyron Moore, offensive lineman Josiah St. John, linebacker, special teams ace Kevin Francis. Anything that you missed from free agency this week, some uh, audio selections as well, you can head to 630Ched.com and find the Elks page. My name is Dave Campbell. Remember, next week the Oilers are in action on Saturday morning, so uh, the Elks this week will return in two weeks' time with Morley Scott. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great long weekend.